Hi, this is Val Hart, and this is The Real Dr. Doolittle Show. Today we're talking with Chris Davis, who's one of my favorite authors, and she has some wonderful, wonderful books called For Every Dog and Angel. It's the first one, and we'll talk about more of that later. Let me tell you a little bit more about Chris before we get started. When author Christine Davis was growing up in New York City, she had two great passions, spending her days with her dogs, which I can really relate to because I love doing that too, and spending her nights stargazing, which I think is so much fun because I did that when I was a kid too. Uh, She said her mom always thought she'd either become a veterinarian or an astronomer. Um, Although her career path led her to corporate America, she always felt that her true heart's calling was waiting for her elsewhere. And it was the unexpected loss of her dog Martha and the devastating grief that followed that led her to write and illustrate her very first book, For Every Dog and Angel, which is one of my very favorite books, and I'm delighted to bring her to you today. Chris has written several other magical books. Each one is a celebration of our special connection with our animal companions, and each one is filled to the brim with paintings of starry skies. And now I know where that comes from. Uh, Chris says that when Mar- with, with Martha's heavenly guidance, Chris had finally found her soul work, and I know that's a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And so, Chris, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to have you. Um, So I want to know more. Um, Tell me more about Martha. You said her heavenly guidance helped you find your soul work. So tell me about that. You know, everything about Martha, from the way she came into my life to how she would ultimately leave my life, was was very magical. Um, wow. The way I found Martha was I actually found her mom when I was working somewhere, and her mom was running along a train track near where I was working, and I saw this pregnant dog who had no hair and was covered in fleas and was obviously very pregnant. Yeah. And uh, I brought Mom home, and I brought Mom to the vet, and I tried to find if Mom was missing from somewhere. But ultimately, Mom uh, didn't have a home, and she had six puppies in my bathroom a couple of days later. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, Mom and one of those puppies, who was Martha, uh, would become very important in my life, and they joined my other two dogs that were with me at the time. Mm. Martha and I, though, there was just something about her because she literally was with me from the moment she was born. I was there when she was born, mm-hmm. and she was very otherworldly. Oh, wow. There was just something in her eyes, and, and people would look at her and they say, well, where did she come from, a shag carpet? Her hair wow. was very weird. And <laughs> she, she always gave you that look like if she wasn't there with you, she'd be off traveling through the planet somewhere, oh, you know, wow. up there in the skies. Yeah. So we were very close. Uh-huh. Very, very close, and she was um, a sister, a mother, a grandmother, a, a dear friend to me. We we just went through so many of life's experiences together. Yeah. And um, as we grew together, it became really clear to me that I was so appreciative of her bringing out in me how much I loved animals, how magical my connection with them was that I felt like I needed to do my my work needed to be more revolving around that. Yeah. And I had always been in corporate America, but Martha's presence in my life had led me to believe it was really time to leave that and find a way to celebrate my special connection with animals. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. What kind Nothing of those... like an animal to bring that out in you. Oh, man, I tell you what, they change our life in so many ways, and they heal us, they teach us, there are, you know, companions, you know, and, and certain ones, like you said, there was just something about Martha. Um, certain things about certain animals, it's like they just sink right into our hearts. You know, yeah. they're part of us. It's like they become uh, some magical, I, I call them angels in disguise. Oh, perfect. Yeah, wise ones, angels in disguise, and they're they're like master teachers. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad we had that. And so tell me about the story. How did you, what what happened? What You said the loss of Martha led you to write your first book. I, I, I'm so sorry that you lost her. Can you tell us about that? Well, as I was saying that Martha was really bringing to the forefront how important it was to me to start speaking about um, the connection we can have with our animals. And I decided that it was time to leave the corporate world, and I figured with Martha by my side, I didn't know what it would be, but together we would discover what the next leg of my journey would ah, be. Ah, oh, okay, okay. And I was working with a wonderful woman who is of Native American descent, and together um, we would meditate and we would talk. And one wonderful October day back in 95, it was a beautiful sunny day, and I had just come home from having a wonderful meeting with this teacher. And I come into my yard, and I have a big fenced yard with a dog door, and Martha is standing out there, and the only word I can use for it, Val, is she was in some type of a trance. She was... She was not in a coma, but she was. There was something. She couldn't focus on me. She was standing, but she was unaware of me. Mm. And that would begin two weeks of back and forth to emergency as her body began to shut down. Um, she was 13 at that time. Mm. Um, you know, they didn't have the same diagnostics that are available now. But um, I, and and I kicked into overdrive because my New York blood said I can I can save Martha. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Yeah. But I quickly learned that I think Martha had a whole other plan for me. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I couldn't save Martha. Um, the loss of Martha would literally pull the rug out from beneath me to to the point where people said I was in the same trance that Martha had been in. I was mm-hmm. so lost. And again, I was lost not only because of the loss of her, but because I thought together... I was going to find what my soul work was supposed to be with Martha by my side. Right, right. And the way it would begin to unfold is shortly after her loss, things began to happen that were miraculous. And the first thing was uh, several weeks after, I was driving home on the freeway, and uh, the highway they call them out here, and um, and I literally see a vision in the sky of, of an angel holding Martha And I'm trying to keep my eyes on the road, but there's this angel in the sky coming through my windshield. Wow. And and I'm I start crying Uh and the angel's saying, Martha's fine, Chris. She's fine, she's happy, she looks well, she's watching over you. You don't Mm -hmm. have to worry Mm -hmm. about Martha. Mm -hmm. And I was so transfixed by this, I was enchanted by this vision of the angel holding her that uh, several years later it would become the cover of my first book actually wow. oh. but I didn't know that at the time mm. oh my god I got chill bumps all over oh it really god. was one of those moments I even went to a craft store and I, I bought some wool and fabric and, and I made a little representation of wow. that angel holding Martha and um, I took pictures of it it's, been, it's a little huh? um, creation that sits on my piano even to this day wow 
and it's even it's actually up at my website. If anybody wants to see any of the pictures of Martha or um, any of the things I mentioned, they can go to my website, which is uh, www.lightheartedpress.com. That's the name of my company, Lighthearted Press. Okay, lightheartedpress.com. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they can see this um, this little angel that I made, or as I said, any of the other things that I reference. I I love to post these stories and and pictures at the website, so they're they're all up there for people to enjoy if they feel called to look at them. Wow. So, um, so did you have other um, other uh, um, other connections with Martha other than that one where you saw the angel? Well. Uh, a few more months after Martha, well, actually it was about two months after Martha left me, and I I, I forgot to mention that we buried Martha ah, in oh. um, up on the hill in our yard. Yeah. And uh, just a really quick story. Okay. Um, when we built this property, there was uh, built the home on the property. There was n- there wasn't even a dandelion on this property. Mm. It was totally dirt. Oh boy. And so over the years, we had put in a, a lot of trees, lots and lots of trees, and um, this one spot. The the ground would not accept any of the trees. Oh my God! And so we would buy two cedar trees, and we would plant one, and then another one in this particular space, ten feet away, and, and it would die. Oh my God! And the nursery would replace it, and it would die. Ah. And then they accepted. They they suggested, well, why don't you move a tree or a bush from an, another part of your yard because maybe it's something about your your dirt that. You know, it, it needs to already have been growing in your yard or something. We tried six different variations oh on a theme. <laughs> and finally we had to accept that there was something else that we were supposed to do with this spot. Wow. That we didn't yet know, but we would keep it empty because it wasn't going to tolerate any trees. Wow. And as you may be already guessing. <laughs> I've got chill bumps. Okay, tell me, tell me. When, when Martha passed because she was a large dog and I did not cremate her, um, it was the only place that we could bury Martha was in that special sacred spot that wow. that knew even before I knew that that was where she was going to lay. Ooh. Oh my God! So buried her there, built a rock garden there, and and very shortly after that, planted a, a weeping tree, a weeping uh, trying to remember it was a weeping maple right over her. Mm. And of course, that tree thrived and thrives oh to this day. <laughs> wow! It really, it really oh. was amazing that that part of it. But yeah. you asked if there were other connections, and um, a yeah. couple months after Martha's loss, I, I was at the animal shelter, looking for another little female dog that was just like Martha, to bring home, and and instead I locked eyes with uh, with Jake. Oh, Jake! A big male, wonderful being who would change my life forever and um and I brought Jake home and and as you do whenever you bring home a new dog you know you give them toys and bones and tongs and you know all those kinds of things mm-hmm. and about a week after he was there I noticed I couldn't find any of the toys they just were disappearing oh my god I was sitting up on the little bench that I built near Martha's uh resting place and there were the toys that Jake had buried at Martha's grave site. Oh my God! He took all of her, all of her, all of his toys and buried them at Martha's grave. It was it was so impactful to wow. see that because I knew that not only had Martha been watching over me, she was watching over Jake and clearly wow. communicating with him. And I know that 
those toys were Jake's way of saying thank you because had Martha not made a space for him, Jake wouldn't have come to me. Mm. I wouldn't have been looking for him. Wow. Wow. So so all part of an of an unfolding plan that would um eventually lead one day when I was I was meditating and I was drumming. I, I was very captivated with Native American culture and I had a drum and and when I would drum I would take Martha's I was bringing tears to my eyes just mentioning it now. Um I would take Martha's red bandana that she always wore and I would put it over my eyes so I would be um having her energy connecting with me. And also I would not be able to have to see them. Wow. And and that would be how I would drum and I would meditate and one day a story was told to me. I wasn't looking for the story but it literally came through with a title. Wow. And I'm told you're supposed to write a book. It's called For Every Dog and Angel. Oh this my god. But it's about people are looking for this book and Ooh. and you need to do this. Wow. So that's where the title came from. And, that's and where you, the title came and from. And it came and you got the whole inspiration and were told the message uh when you were in a meditative drumming state with Martha's red bandana. <laughs> I got a picture of that. I love that. Um on your eye. Oh my god. Oh it was Chris, it was so cool. It was so special and yeah. and when I sat down to write the story it just flowed so effortlessly and when you have a title and and the title was unusual because if you if you know how like sentences are structured for every dog and angel it doesn't necessarily as they say flow trippingly off the tongue you know <laughs> and yet it was it was always the right title and oh wait, yeah you know when, when the universe gives you a title you don't mess around with that <laughs> uh no there's it's not really about improving it yeah, when you've got the right title to start with, that's the right title. Yeah, oh, I love that. I know, oh, I know. Man. So I always tell people that I don't think I wrote the story as much as I heard the story, and and I was just meant to to help it along its way, um, maybe to 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 capture the thoughts that had been given to me, and to wow. and to put them into an actual book that we could we could hold in our hands and and then send it out like like a river somebody once said the story would be like dropping a rock in a in a pond and it would it would have um puddles and ridges that would go way beyond anything that i would maybe even ever see mm-hmm. and ever know about and and that's proven to be true as over the years i'll hear stories and um, book, books will be shared with people around the world, and somebody will email me and tell me about the impact it had on their life, and it it came to them three times removed from a distant relative. And oh my gosh! It, it really did have wings. Wow. Yes. Oh, oh God, I'm just so this just so touched and so moved by this. You know, I I think you made a comment uh, somewhere about using your angel eyes. Remember mm, that? I do. Talk about that a moment. When when all of this was happening, this was sort of new for me, and um, <laughs> sort of new. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'd, I'd always had you know con- feeling otherworldly connections, which even go back to when I was a child, and those connections to the stars. I always felt sometimes I felt a lot more comfortable out there than I did down here and and um and yet I felt that I needed to repress that because there weren't a lot of people you could necessarily talk to about that without somebody raising an eyebrow and mm-hmm. wondering, you know. 
And so when all of this was happening, it felt really right to do this, but at the same time I had some trepidations, and somebody said that, Chris, if you just look at this with your angel eyes as opposed to your earthly eyes, because your earthly eyes want to either judge it or be scared or concerned, but your angel eyes know that this is this is perfect. It's unfolding in a beautiful way that's meant for you. It's meant to be. There's nothing to be afraid of. And then I would I would remember that as I would move along on the journey. And this person was right. Right. Yeah. You know, I look back on your story, and you always knew that Martha. One of Martha's purposes in being with you was about your soul work. Right. It was connecting to your spirit. You know, your essence, expressing your and appreciating your love for animals and connecting with them. And even in her passing, you know, as traumatic as I know that had to have been, and anyone, any of us who have lost an animal, especially the way you did, uh, you know, it's devastating. Um, but that was only like one chapter in the book. That wasn't the final chapter. Her soul work continued in, and, and began to blossom and expand in a way that you can never have foretold. Absolutely. It, so that was her greatest gift to me, and I and I really began to realize that very early on when I could see that that healing her was not in the plan. Mm-hmm. That it was a much bigger plan unfolding, and yeah. and I I was grateful beyond words that that she would entrust me with a gift like this, including the gift of her leaving me, because only experiencing that kind of a horrifying loss would allow me, I think, to have. Let this story be born. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it could have come any any other way. And and I've yeah. talked to so many animal lovers over the last thirteen years. I think since I wrote the book that that have been down that heartbreaking road. And I totally understand. And I think they sense that I understand. And yeah. I don't know that I would have had total understanding without going through the loss of Martha. Yeah. Let's talk about the term forever dog, because you coined a remarkable term. Uh, so let's let's be clear about what that means. What do you mean by the term forever dog? You know, that was another one of those things, Val. That just it came through when I started to write the story, and because when when I was given that story, I was given the concept. Mm-hmm. It's not as if I was dictated the sentences. Ah, I was oh, given okay. Con- I was given a title Uh and the concept. Uh So I sat down to actually write, and it flowed without even thinking. And out of my little fingertips on the computer keys came the word forever dog and forever person. And I I never had heard the term. I didn't know where it came from. But I knew that as I was writing it, what it meant was that sometimes we have a connection with an animal. And we don't have it with all animals, but we have it sometimes where you know that this goes beyond uh, the, the maybe even the usual connection. There's something you know you've been together before, or maybe you've you'll always be together. That even death won't separate you. Mm-hmm. There's just a special magical quality to it that makes that relationship um, extremely meaningful down to the depths of your soul. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you can have more than one forever dog. When I wrote it, I was thinking about Martha. But when Jake came into my life, oh, my goodness, completely different from Martha. My connection with Jake would be completely different, but every bit a forever dog he would be. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. 
I bet you've had forever animals in your life. Yes, I've worked with many of them, you know, with other people. You know, for instance, it re- reminds me a little bit of um, a horse that I worked with. Yeah. Um, her name was Sierra. <clears throat> and we'd, I'd worked with Sierra and just felt like part of the family, you know, because she was such an amazing, amazing horse. Really? Yeah, she would always tell us remarkable, you know, truths and profundities. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, every time we worked with her, she'd just rock our world, you know. And, um, you know, she, she lived, I, I don't remember how old she was, but it. she had always, uh, in her latter years, she had trouble uh, with foundering. And um, uh, foundering is very serious. It's where the bones in the hooves start to de- degenerate, become very, very painful. And, uh, you know, we worked with her for for years and kept it, you know, kept her manageable and, uh, you know, managed the pain and, and worked with her. And, and so she was really pretty healthy in spite of, you know, um, this this ongoing issue, chronic chronic issue. But anyway, one day she told us that it was her time. It was her time to die. And she was getting ready to make her transition. And she let us know that she wasn't afraid um, and that she loved her human and that Shirley would see her again. And um, she said that this is how she wanted, she wanted to have a party before she died. <laughs> And she wanted to connect with all of the remarkable beings and people that had touched her heart, that she had taught or connected with or inspired or healed or, you know, something. She wanted, and and, and it wasn't just for her. She wanted an opportunity for those people to reconnect with her and receive a gift. Oh. Um, and she wanted to do all of that. And she also wanted a lot of carrots. <laughs> Uh, I know, and so and she gave us a time frame. She said she wanted all that to happen um, b- before. I think it was a Wednesday. I don't know. I'd have to check my notes, but it, this was like next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said that she wanted all of that to happen before Wednesday next week, and on Wednesday next week that she wanted um, that that would be a good day to die, and she um, would you know. Uh, uh, she would welcome assistance. In other words, she would uh, consent and be happy for the gift of death with dignity, which I, which is also called euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's what they did. And uh, so she had a party, and people came and went to the stable, you know, for the whole week. And they all fed her lots of carrots and gave her attention. And you know, each person, you know, felt peace in their connection and. And they all got a gift, you know, of some kind. I, I don't know what it all was for each individual, but I know that every person that connected with her was, was changed. Oh, my. And then on the day, you know, and they got the, this, this place ready. She had told us where she wanted to be buried, which was under her favorite tree in the, in the fa- her favorite pasture. And so they had buried, you know, got the bulldozer in and, and um, made the, the big, the giant, you know, big hole for her. And, and on that day, you know, this poor horse who could literally barely walk and barely keep on her feet, um, she got to her feet, and with an entourage, you know, she led the procession on her own. Uh, you know, I don't even know if that they had a halter on her. She simply led the procession mm-hmm. of all her loved ones, you know, and she went out to the side of the grave. Excuse me, I'm going to cry now. Oh. And she laid down. <clears throat> very peacefully, very calmly, 
and the vet was there, and he gave her the shot, you know, that helped her go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it was complete, and she said that, uh, Shirley told me later, she said that everyone stayed there for a while, and they all, you know, they were laughing and crying, and and uh, they they just felt, it, it was a life-changing experience. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, it, and one of the fun things about the story, um, it was, it's all true, um, is that, Later, uh, we had always uh, thought of Sierra as uh, Shirley's copper penny because she was a copper-colored, you know, bright, shiny horse. <laughs> and um, and so after she died, Shirley started finding all of these copper pennies. Oh. And they were all newly minted, like brand new, hot off the press. And she would find them in the most unexpected places. Uh-huh. And I, and she swore to me that she would have just cleaned off a table or just cleared a countertop or, you know, just had an, an open space and she would turn around and there would be a, either a, one penny or a pile of these pennies. Oh, my goodness. I know, and it happened consistently and for a very long time uh, and still does occasionally. She'll still find, a, you know, a penny. And every time she does, she knows that Sierra is connecting with her, oh. sending her love and support, you know, just letting her know. Um, that all is well. Oh my goodness! So you know, it, your story makes so much sense to me because I know life goes on, you know, and and there are forever animals. You know, they're they're like I call them our quantum soulmates. You know, the, oh, the ones that yeah, the ones that love us, that inspire us, that teach us, that cycle around with us. You know, that go to life lesson school class with us. You know, indeed. So, so. oh man. Indeed. Oh, that's a beautiful story, and, and I, I bet you those those pennies were not only hot off the press; they were probably hot off the uh, the angel press. <laughs> I know the the angel angel reserve, yeah, the federal reserve. I love that. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Um, so tell me a little bit more. I you have a special page on your website now. I think it's it's a comfort, a pet loss comfort section. Yes. Tell, tell yes. us about that. I added that a little over a year ago, and okay. I, I just felt that it had been. Um, I, I lost Jake. I mentioned Jake earlier, and oh. and uh, Jake's loss almost four years ago now was was devastating in in other ways. Um, within three months, I had a very uh, very heartbreaking personal loss. I lost my mom to oh. Alzheimer's. Okay. I lost Jake all within a very short period of time, and mm-hmm. but Jake stayed with me through those other losses and then it was time for him to go and it it took me a couple of years but I felt that it was time for me to add a section to the website that would be much more personal and I wanted to give people um, sort of an idea of the journey of loss with all of the different stages starting with our connections with our animals and then going to, you know, they're getting older and how do we know when it's time to say goodbye and and, and the specifics of all of that and then the joys and the celebration that come even after their loss. Yeah. But the only way I could do that was I had to make it personal. Yeah. And so I used it, I, I wrote it based on my personal journeys with Martha and Jake and some of the other critters in my life and it's very comprehensive but it it's it's very heartfelt um and people have gotten back to me and told me that it's been comforting to them to visit some of those pages and and to know that they're not reading just a textbook they're reading real stories from a real person who's walked that road yeah yeah mm. 
I love that. Well, so how could people find that if they're looking for it again? Again, if they go to my website, which is uh, lightheartedpress.com, and you'll see it's one of the sections called Pet Loss Comfort. It's easy okay. to find. Oh, good, good. Okay. And they can also read about all of my other books there because I have uh, written yeah. several other books and I have other other products for animal lovers, including wristbands and bracelets, and it, it's all easy for them to look at. I, I like to put the stories. I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, these days if you buy a DVD of a movie and there's there's the DVD of the movie and then the second DVD that tells how the movie was made, yes. that's the DVD <laughs> I want to watch first. I love how things are made because uh-huh. the, the story behind the, the product or, or the creative process mm-hmm. is so fascinating to mm-hmm. me that I thought maybe people would enjoy hearing all the stories. So my website is yeah. full of stories behind the books, the products, and and it's just how I write. And uh, yeah. so far, the, the the feedback from people I think has been pretty positive. If you're an animal lover and you know they're the best people, mm-hmm. you know, then you know what it's like to share stories about your animals, and you usually love to hear other people's stories Absolutely. too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know that. Oh my! You know, it's one of my favorite things is this. The footprint of God is often a paw print. Oh, oh, beautiful and so true. Yeah, it is. And I think our animals get closer and nearer and dearer to our hearts. You know, and and I I know you know this, but people grieve their animals longer and harder than they often do the loss of human friends and family. Yes, indeed. Yeah, they do. And they don't get as much support or understanding usually uh, from other non-animal lovers. so it's really important to get the support we need when we do go through a tragic or, you know, devastating loss like this. And especially I think it's hard when it's a forever animal, you know, somebody who is so connected to our soul and our heart. Very, very hard. But thankfully in the 15 years since I lost Martha, you know, that's changing. Wow. And and I'm really glad because even when I lost Martha, people who were close to me, family members, friends, mm-hmm. some of them didn't know what to do with my overwhelming grief because grief is hard to be around. It's hard enough to experience yourself. Right. But to be around somebody else's grief is you feel so helpless. Mm-hmm. And yes. people felt helpless. Again, there are a lot more resources and and I hope people will uh will find that with my books hopefully and my website too will be a resource for them to to find a little comfort during that heartbreaking time. Yes, I hope so too. And by the way, everyone who's listening, Chris and I actually did a teleclass together with students, um people who have gone through this experience or had concerns or questions or stories to share. And you remember Chris, you and I, I did, did that a few years ago. That's recording is free and it's on my website so if anyone wants to go check that out you're welcome to too um it's uh com, and it's under products i believe uh called coping with pet loss uh so if y'all will look for that i think you'll get a lot of value out of that too um chris let's touch briefly on your other do- uh, other books um because i love all of your books they're just so brilliant um, you have for every cat an angel, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad. And you've got a fun story about how that one came to be. You want to tell that one quickly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, well, of course, after you write for every dog and angel, the first thing people ask is, is there going mm-hmm. to be for every? Well, cat what and about angel? horses and birds? And <laughs> I I actually I had a veterinarian call me and 
a, a veterinarian asked me if I would even consider, and this is a true story, if I would even consider writing for every rat an angel. Yeah. Hey, sure. I love that. <laughs> yes. For every fish, I, I don't I, everything, you know. And 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 in the big scheme of things, I'm sure each of those critters could have a magical story written about them because yes. their lives are different from dogs, you know. Yes. And yes. Which is why when I was asked about a cat book, mm-hmm. I told people that I had not experienced kitties yet, and and I didn't feel I could do it authentically. Mm-hmm. And the universe once again stepped in and said, "No problem, we can accommodate you." <laughs> and uh, oh, is and that all you need? If, if if all you need is some kitties, we've got you covered. <laughs> and I looked out my kitchen window one day and saw Jake, Jake the confirmed cat-hating dog. <gasps> oh my God! Sitting outside, and all I could see was his head cocked to the side and him drooling. Oh. But I didn't see until I go flying out the door and I see a little tiny, tiny kitten with his <gasps> eyes are all glued shut. And the, the cat does obviously doesn't know its life is about to end. <laughs> and Jake's looking up at Lee, giving me that, can I, can I, Mom, can I, huh? You know, that, that look. Uh-huh. What's your just, toy? I just stood there for a minute and, and in that flash, oh, my God, it was, Jake was transformed and, Jake, I know, I know in my heart of hearts that he remembered what it was like to need a home. Yeah. And he looked at me and he looked at that cat and everything changed. And mm. and the cat became Jake's cat. He brought the cat in. Oh, my along, God. Along with its four siblings. Oh, oh my God. And uh, You don't do things just, just one at a time, do you? You do entire family. We do a whole family. <laughs> And um, and although we would, one of the kitties would go to our best friends, after that I couldn't let any of them go. So to this day, I have four twelve-year-old cats, and wow. uh, and he found them. And and we always used to say, Jake, if you find a horse under the deck, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it, or take it back to wherever you found it. Leave it alone. Oh, that's too funny. Well, you know how this works. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you when you now have a horse in your life, because you know the next one is for every horse and angel. Oh. I would love for that to happen, and I've had many oh, friends who yeah. who've had horses in their life, and the stories they tell me about yeah. these magical beings just just sound thrilling. To yeah, me. you know all about horses. Well, I just I adore horses. You bet they're magical beings as well. Oh man. Oh, okay. okay. So that's for every cat and angel. So you also have another one called Old Dog and the Christmas Wish. And I love the story of that one too. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Uh, just, just very quickly. Okay. Um, it was uh, Christmas of two thousand two thousand four, I think it was, mm-hmm. two thousand five. Okay. And uh, started seeing a dog down the road from where I live up here in, in the woods that was tied to a tree stump, mm-hmm. and it was it was cold. It was right. It was December, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I stopped in to visit the family because I didn't even know there was a house there. Okay. And um, these these people were very nice to me, and my my impression was they didn't have um, a lot of resources at that time, and they let me bring the dog some gifts, and I bought the dog a house. And mm. but wow. the dog, what the dog really needed was was a a home. Uh, yes, <laughs> a dog, and um, and yeah. they just weren't able to provide that for the dog. So, um, but in the course of coming down there over the holidays, they they took me into their home, and they they shared with me their treasured nativity set that was of something very carved and ornate and looked like it had maybe been passed down through, oh, through right. the family. Oh. And um, so two things happened very shortly after that. The, okay. the first miracle was that they, they released the dog to me and oh, wow. 
with the help of my vet and uh, a wonderful group out here called Project Pooch, we were able Project to find Pooch. a perfect home for for this dog. Oh wow! Um, Project happy, Pooch is a group where they work with uh, Project Pooch is um, incarcerated youth who help to rehabilitate dogs so they can uh, find a good home. Wow! Oh, I love that. Oh, it's That's a, so cool. Wonderful group, and and Maya, who was this dog who was part pit bull and part who knows, mm-hmm. but obviously sweet, 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 um, was admitted into Project Pooch and would be ultimately adopted by, um, I believe, a millionaire who. <laughs> oh my God. She she <laughs> she found Doggy Disneyland. Let's just leave it at oh, that. Oh. She did dog. really well. Uh-huh. Oh, that is too cool. And then the second miracle would be on New Year's Day in my shower. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I would have a story yet again come through. You have amazing, an amazing shower. <laughs> you know, some really good things happen happen in the shower. And, They're flowing. And I was I was told a story that would become this uh, this Christmas book, and it would have such special meaning for me, Val, because it's the last book that I wrote with with Jake by my side. Oh, well, you know, he had a a big paw right in the middle of it. He he definitely did. I, in fact, the um, the advance copies were delivered just uh-huh. a few days before he he left me, and I have a picture of him with the with the books in his in his uh, paw. And in in fact, when I lost Jake, Jake was the first animal I ever cremated because of his size. I okay. I, yeah. I knew that I needed to share his ashes with some people who were no longer in my life, and and the only way to do that, obviously, to share him would be to have him cremated. Right. Right. But when I when I had Jake cremated, which was very hard for me. Yeah, I bet it was. But I had him cremated with all of my books. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wrapped all wow. of them together because Jake had such an he was such a an important huge presence in my writing and in my work that I wanted to have his ashes and and the ashes of all my books mingled together. Wow. How interesting so, is that? Yeah, it oh. really was, and that that helped me be comfortable with the, the with the cremation process. And I've since spread those ashes in mm-hmm. many of the wonderful places Jake and I visited. Wow! Oh, I love that. What a what a remarkable story. Yeah. Thank you for telling that, Chris. Well, thank you. Ah, oh, well, I feel like we. I, I just feel like I want to go process all of this. And, and uh, just think about what, you know, the forever animals that I've had in my life and how they've touched me and, you know, ways that I might honor them, you know. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. I know. That I think that was how my own journey got started, that I that I wanted to find a way to celebrate these wonderful beings with whom we share this planet. And for most animal lovers, certainly for me, a, a life without these creatures and critters in my home and surrounding me, it, it wouldn't be a life at all. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you want to leave our audience or our listeners with uh, today that you think is really important? I would say to treasure every moment 
you have with your critters because, for example, in the case of Martha, I did not know that I was going to be losing her. And I had regrets, although we didn't all have little flip cameras and everything back then. Mm -hmm. I had always wished I had gone out and gotten whatever the video cameras were of that time period. Mm -hmm. I'd always regretted that I didn't have the ability to, uh, to go back and watch you know, some of those types of, of movies or more pictures of her. So just you never know when you're going to lose someone, whether they're two-legged or four-legged or, or feathered or finned or whatever. Enjoy every moment you have with them. Yeah. And how true is that? You know, that's the truth for everything in our life. You know, living with the uh, practicing gratitude. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of times their animals can be problematic and, you know, they... They reflect our wounds and our imbalances and our issues and our stressors and, you know, and and our instabilities and all that stuff. But, you know, when we take the time to be grateful and to treasure every minute, um, and, you know, it's like you have the original flip cam right in your own head, right in your memory bank. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So, you know, I, I think it's important to take time to honor those beings, you know, the ones that have made us who we are today. Mm. You know, and that, like you said, they they have a life work with us, the soul work. Um, part of their purpose here is to help us with our soul work, and that's fulfilling their own soul work, <laughs> their own facets. So. There was um, a movie, and I, I mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably remember the name of it, Casper. Uh huh. Yeah, I love Casper. I love Casper too, and and the part that I loved about it was was the very end, and um, this. This is probably in, in the best way I can sum up when you ask me if there's anything I want to leave people with. That there's a scene at the very end where, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it, I think that the scene will still make sense. Where um, the, the the deceased wife is coming back to the the husband who still grieves her loss, mm-hmm. and and she says to him that you know you loved me so well when I was on earth that I have no unfinished business. Wow. And I thought, if that's just saying that, I've, I've got those, those shivers too because oh my God. I learned after the loss of Martha that I didn't want to ever have a sense that I had, you know, um, missed something or regretted not doing something. And I lived my moments with Jake so fully uh-huh. that I know that that's what happened when Jake left. Because when Martha left me, Martha would show up in my dreams all yeah. the time, yeah. constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jake very, very rarely visits me. Right. And it's it's clear to me it's because we lived so well that there was no unfinished business. He's he's having fun. Periodically he'll check in and he'll say, hey, Mom, doing well, mm-hmm. you know, keep in mm-hmm. touch, mm-hmm. Yeah. and I'll see you someday. Right. But I'm okay and I've got stuff to do. I'm busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that was because there were there was no strings attaching us to I wasn't trying to hold him back. It was time for him to go on and I could do that because we had lived our lives well. Wow. Oh. Whew. God I love that. Mm. Oh, Chris, thank you so much. This has been such a treasure, uh, to get to talk to you today and I think the value of your work is so important and helping us find our way through grief and, you know, connect with our soul work and, and really learning to treasure every moment with our animals, but living well, you know, living well, and that's what our animals are here to do. Indeed. To help us do that. So, thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Val. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, I love it. Okay, everybody, go to Chris's website. That is www.com. 
lighthearteddepress.com, L-I-G-H-T, H-E, if I can spell, H-E-A-R-T-E-D-P-R-E-S-S.com. And be sure and check out her blog, and I know she would love to hear from you. And um, I think that's all we have time for today. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Oh, thank you. And, and you uh, too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.